Hey, welcome back to the Dad of a Dozen podcast. I'm your host, Doug H. In the last episode, I talked about, uh, we're going to talk about debt. Well, I got ahead of myself, and I was looking at my notes, and I have to set down another foundation for you before I get into debt. I'm hoping to get into it either today, if not today, then the next podcast for sure. But today I want to talk about God's part and our part when it comes to our finances. God has a part to play in our finances, as well as then now we have a part to play in our finances. And they kind of go hand in hand, and it's important that I talk about this before we go into debt or anything else, because once I lay this foundation, you'll understand, and you'll have a better understanding of what or who really your money belongs to. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. And I'll tell you why and how it belongs to him in just one second, because here's a question for you. Who's the true owner of all of our possessions? Obviously, that's probably a, a no-brainer for those that are a believer. But if you've never heard this before, this will be something new to you, and you'll go, hmm. But who is the true owner of all of our possessions? Deuteronomy 10.14 reads this, Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God also the earth with all that is in it. And Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. And then in Leviticus and another one in Psalm 50 and in Haggai, he says the land, the silver, the gold, and every beast of the field belongs to God. So really, God is the true owner of our stuff. Everything belongs to him. Everything that we have, the computers, the chairs, the house, the cars, the clothes, the food that we eat, the money that we have, the savings that we have in our savings account, that all belongs to God. He's the one that has given that to us to use, and he wants us to be good stewards of that while we're here. And I'll get to that in just a moment, but I I just want you to realize that everything that we have is God's. And we have to have that as our, as our baseline of all of our stuff belongs to him. And when we have that thinking, then we go, oh, okay, no problem. It's not really mine in the first place. So if I lose it, eh, it's not no skin off my nose because it was God's in the first place. But anyway, everything that we have, including money, is, belongs to God. And we have to recognize, constantly be reminded and recognize that God is the true owner of our possessions. And not just our possessions, but he's also in charge of our lives as well. Because remember, we were bought with a price. And that price was the death of his son, Jesus, on the cross. So we now belong to God because of what Jesus did for us. And it is our goal now, now that we belong to God, to bring him glory in everything that we do. When we're at work, our job is to bring Him glory. When we're at home, our job is to bring Him glory. When we go to church, it's to bring Him glory. When we spend our money, it's to bring Him glory. So He's the true owner of all of our possessions. It's Him. He's the one that made it. He's the one that created us. So we belong to Him. And so what does the Bible say about His control of circumstances? His control of circumstances. Psalm 135, verses 5 through 7 say this, For I know that the Lord is great, and our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, He does, 
in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all deep places. He causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain. He brings the wind out of his treasures. He, God, is in control of all the events that occur on the earth. And he does what he pleases. And even in the difficult situations, he's in control. So when it says that he's in control of all circumstances, that means these hurricanes, these earthquakes, these lightnings, these floods, they all come from God. God is the one that controls all of these events. He's the one that does it. And so he's the possessor. He owns all of our things. He's in control of all the circumstances in our lives and in the world. And so you wonder, okay, then why, God, are you sending these earthquakes? Why are you sending these floods? Why are you allowing all this difficulty in my life right now? Why are you doing this? Well, there are three reasons why the Lord is allowing difficult situations to arise in our lives. The first one is to accomplish his intentions. And a good story for that is the story of Joseph. And I don't have time to go into the whole story of Joseph at this moment because it's such a great story. But Joseph was sold into slavery. And the reason he was sold into slavery was so that way he could save God's people, Israel, from a famine. And Joseph was put in this place at the right time so he could do God's work. So God could accomplish his intentions. And if I had time to develop this story of Joseph, I would. And maybe I'll do that on a study on a, neck, on a podcast after all this is done. But it's a great story about using someone to accomplish his intentions. Number two, to develop our godly character. Whenever we go through some kind of difficult situation, we tend to cling to and trust God while we're going through that difficult situation. So he's trying to develop our godly character so we're more like him. Because we have rough edges. We have rough edges, and sometimes those rough edges need to be smoothed out. And the only way he can do that is by bringing a difficult situation into our lives. And thirdly, is for discipline, to discipline his children. And he uses it to reveal our sin. Because, one, we're sinners, and we do sin against God, and he's using this situation to reveal to us some sin in our life, and then he encourages us to turn from it and to turn to him. And obviously, it's never fun to being disciplined, but in the end, it's for our good. Think of our kid. I tell you right now, I know my kids would tell you, no, it's not fun being disciplined, especially by you, dad. But think of a parent with a child. The reason I discipline my children or a parent disciplines a child, it's not fun at the moment, but it's to make them better, to let them know that what they're doing is not right, and that's not how you're to behave. And so it's to discipline us. So God allows situations in our lives for three things, to accomplish his intentions, to develop our godly character, and to discipline us. It's no fun, but those are the reasons why. And then, what has the Lord promised about meeting our needs? Because we have needs, not wants. There's a difference between needs and wants. But what has he said to us about meeting our needs? 
Psalm 34, 9 through 10 says this, O fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want or lack to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. And any good thing there would be your food, your clothing, shelter, okay? You fear him, there'll be no lack to those who fear him. Matthew 6, 31 through 34, this is what Matthew says. It says, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. He's going to, God will provide for us. He says, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or wear, because your heavenly father is going to give you those things. And one more, Philippians 4.19 states, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So God's going to meet our needs if we fear him and trust him. So the question that I have for you today, those that are Christians listening to this, this podcast, are you trusting in him today? Are you trusting him to supply you with your needs? Or are you trying to do it on your own? And here's the difference. There's needs. He's going to meet our needs and not our wants. A need is something that we have to have to survive. We have to have, we, we need food. So he's going to supply us with our food. We need clothing. He'll give us clothing. We need a place to stay. He'll give us a place to stay. But a want is a wish or a desire. And God has never said that he will give you your wants. Now, if he decides to give you a want, hey, that's even better. But he never says he has to give you the wants. He says he's going to meet your needs. And I think that's a big distinction. So he will meet your needs, but not always your wants. Not always your wants. And God states in his word that he's going to, to meet our needs if we trust in him. That's another key. It's like applying, applying these principles. We have to trust in him. And if we trust in him, knowing that he's got our needs met, that should bring us contentment knowing that God has our back. No matter what happens, no matter what takes place in, in this life, God's got our back. He's got us taken care of. There's no reason for us to be worrying about things because we know that he has it. He know, we know that he has it all under control. So now that God has said that he will meet our needs, What's our part? So God said he's going to meet our needs. That's his part of this whole co equation is that he's going to take care of us. He's going to meet our needs. So now what's our part? 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. We are to be faithful stewards. That's it. Bottom line. We're to be faithful stewards. And so what is a steward? A steward is a manager or superintendent of another's household or possessions. That's it. So we're just taking care of all of the things that, G, that God has given us. 
everything. And the, the question I have for you as being a steward is, in being a good and faithful steward, are you using it to give glory to God, all of his things? Are you using it to glorify him? Are you using his money to further his kingdom? Are you giving support to your local pastor, your local missions, or a ministry that's continuing to give out the word of God? Are you being a good steward in those areas? Remember, God's given you the money. He's given you these things to enjoy. Are you using them for his glory? Because that's the bottom line is to be a good and faithful steward. And again, a good example in the Bible about a steward would be Joseph. Again, he's taking care of Pharaoh's kingdom. He was given Pharaoh's kingdom to take care of, and he was being a good steward in that position. But God's given us things down here on earth, and we are to take care of them. He's given us a job. Are you showing up to work on time? Are you giving your eight hours a day? Or are you sloughing off? That's a question only you can answer. Are you, so the next time you go to work, are you working hard as unto the Lord, or are you working hard as unto men? Are you giving the, the name of a Christian a bad name because you're sloughing off at work? that you're not working very hard. How about your family? You know, God has given you the family. He's given you the wife. If you're married, he's either given you a husband or a wife, whether man or woman. If you have a husband, he's given it to you. If you have a wife, he's given her to you as well. And the children? Come on, man. He's given you all those kids. Do you know that the children are a blessing from the Lord and the fruit of the, the womb is a reward? How cool is that? He's given you these. Are you taking care of your spouse? How about your children? Are you making sure they're fed? They got clothes on? That they're getting their their soul fed by the Spirit by taking them to church on Sunday? Or are you just staying at home, uh, watching sports, doing whatever it is that you want to do because you don't have to work that day? Remember, dads, especially dads, it's your responsibility to teach and train your kids. You are the steward. God's given them to you. He's entrusted them to you. Don't blow it. Teach them, train them, and be a good steward. How about the house that you live in? Are you taking care of the house? Are you painting the house? Are you fixing the holes in the walls? Are you maintaining the yard outside? That's a possession that he's given to you. How about your cars? Are you making sure that you have tires on your cars? The oil's changed, that so the brakes are working? So that way, you guys can get from point A to point B safely with your family. How about your money? Are you taking good care of God, God's money that he's given you? Are you setting aside some for an emergency? Are you putting some away for savings, for a what if? Are you tithing 10% to, to the Lord? Hey, that's what good stewards are supposed to be doing is to give 10% to the church. He's mandated that, and are we living within our means, within that 80%? Or are we just going out and going into debt and buying things because we want those things rather than trying to do it to please the Lord? And there's a lot of other things that we have that are we being good stewards with? How about are we managing these things, and should, are we being faithful in handling them regardless of how much or little we possess because God's entrusted them to us? The Lord blessed 
my wife and I have 12 children and we've taken care of them. That's our job. So in the realm of coming for family, I would have to say, yeah, we've been good stewards with the family. We're, we're taking care of them. But even if you have just one child, are you taking care of them as well? Or are you just letting them learn from other people outside of your home, from the teachers at school, or from your Sunday school class, or wherever, or the TV set? No, dads, moms, that's your responsibility. God has given them to you for a reason and for a purpose. And it's just not our stuff that we need to be good stewards with, but also with possessions that others let us use. How about a rented car? I got a, here's a, a rented car. When you get a rental car, do you drive that as if it's yours? Or do you try to hit every speed bump and try to break the front end? Or do you go as fast as you can and slam on the brakes? Remember, the rental car is not your car. It belongs to the rental company, and in essence, it belongs to God. So are you treating that with as much respect as you would if it was your own vehicle? Because I'm pretty sure if it was your car, you wouldn't drive it like that. Well, I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you do drive crazy like that, and you do hit every speed bump because you just don't care. But what I'm saying is the rental car, are we treating it as we would if it belongs to us? How about... A wheelbarrow. I say a wheelbarrow. You're probably laughing. Wheelbarrow? <laughs> what? Because I had a neighbor that had a wheelbarrow one day, and then he borrowed it, and he broke it, and he replaced it. He fixed it. How about if you're borrowing something of somebody's that you break it? Do you give it back to him and say, oh, I'm sorry. Here's your broken thing back. Or do you go and actually fix it? Are you treating it as if it was your own? How about tools? The same thing with tools. Are you borrowing tools from somebody and you just, you don't treat them with respect? You break them, you throw them, you lose them, you, don't have, you never return them? That's not being a very good steward. How about dishes, etc.? There's a lot of other things that are just not our stuff. They belong to other people. Are you being a good steward with those items? I mean, that's the key here, is being good stewards with everything that God has given us. So being a good steward is taking care of another's possession. Okay? So today I've kind of set the, the groundwork here about who is the true owner. The overview is God is the owner of everything. He is in control of everything. He's created it all. He owns it all. And he made it all. He's in control of all of our circumstances. Anything that takes place in the world, he's the one that's in charge. He's the one that's done it. So he's the owner, and he takes control of all circumstances. And he said that he will meet our needs if we fear him. So are you fearful of him today? And that's not you're scared of God. Oh, I'm so afraid of God. No, this is a reverence or an awe of God. Are you in such awe of God that you trust him for everything? Then he's going to supply your needs. And are you trusting him today? Are you trusting him not just in your personal property, but are you trusting him as your savior? Because there is a life after we pass this earth, and that is heaven. And then there's hell. And hell is designed for those that don't put their trust in Jesus Christ. But we don't want anyone to go to hell. We want people to go to heaven. 
We want people to believe in Jesus Christ, his son who died on the cross to save you. And he, we want you to be in heaven with all the other believers. So Jesus has taken care of you on the cross. He died for you. And he has given you eternal life if you trust in him. And that's the biggest goal. There's trusting in Jesus, not just for personal, but for salvation. You just need to know that you are a sinner and you're saved by grace. And God is the one that's done it by sending his son to die for you. And if you believe that, guess what? You have eternal life. That's awesome. So are you trusting him for salvation? I hope you are. And if you, if, if you don't know how to do that, just send me an email at dadofadozenkids at gmail.com and I can send you more information on it, on how you can trust Jesus as your Savior and who he was. And I can direct you to other websites that can give you more information about Jesus Christ and trusting him as your Savior. But that's the biggest key about trusting because remember, it's not about our possessions. It's about him and what he's done for us. Okay? So that's it. He's the owner of everything, and we're to be good stewards. And that's what we're supposed to do, is be good stewards while we're here. And I, want, I would like to hear that one day when I get into heaven saying, Hey, Doug, guess what? Well done, good and faithful s- steward. You took care of my, my kids that I gave you. You took care of your wife that I have given you and the monies that I've given you, the jobs, all the things that I've given you down there on earth. Guess what? You have taken care of them. Here is your reward. And I'll get that. I'll get a a jewel for my crown. What a great day that is. And I hope that you guys too will take these principles and realize that God's in charge. God's in control. And we need to have a fear of him. and We need to trust him. Because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you as a father because he is our father. God is our heavenly father. And he sent his son to die on the cross for you to take away your sins. And how great is that? I don't have time today to get into debt because it would be way too long. And I want to spend some time on debt because it's so important. Because of the steps that I'm going to be sharing with you, I want to be able to give to you and talk about them. Because it's so important because debt is is a big it's a big thing right now, and I want to make sure that you get all the, the information that you need, and I don't want to rush through it. So next episode, we'll be talking about debt, but I thought this was important to get it, this foundation as well. So again, if you have any questions, any comments, if there's anything that you want to talk about, you'd like to hear on a podcast, please send me an email at dadofadozenkids at gmail.com. That's dad of a dozen kids at gmail.com. One more time. Dad of a dozen kids at gmail.com. Okay? So, debt next week, I promise. Our next podcast will be about debt. What does the Bible say about it? And I think you're going to be surprised at what the Bible says about debt. And I hope that you will tune in and listen. And I appreciate you listening today. May the Lord bless you and keep you till we meet again.